What's up, everybody, and welcome to Can I Really Make It, the podcast that explores the ups and downs of creative freelancing, whether it be photography, photo editing, videography or filmmaking, video editing, being a makeup artist, a voice actor, creative baker, clothing designer, music producer, singer, songwriter, etc., etc., etc. Anything that falls under the umbrella of creative freelancing, we will explore. I am your host, Ahmed. I'm Creative Roberson, and in this podcast, I will do my best to explore as many talent fields as I can think of and connect with as many of my fellow freelancing creatives to get their stories about the challenges they face, how they overcame them, and how they've come out on top in a forever changing, highly saturated, yet open market. So let's get right to it. So while sitting here trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to do this, this being my first podcast and all, I spent a couple of weeks studying podcasts, thinking about podcasts, how I wanted to do mine. And at first I was nervous. Then I started to wonder, why am I nervous? You know, I have a YouTube channel and I'm in front of a camera and in front of an audience, not necessarily a live audience, but an audience nonetheless. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I be nervous to actually talk? But then I thought, you know, maybe if I just talk and get stuck and start going, um, 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 looking for stuff to say. But, you know, I I talk pretty well during my, um, (laughs) there you go with my um right there. Let me throw some laughter in there. Uh, I talk pretty well. I talk pretty well when I do my YouTube video. So why can't I talk well when I'm doing a podcast? So I figured let's just dive right in. But I say that to say. The reason why I think I was nervous is because I want to continue to present myself as a professional. I'm all about professionalism, uh, regardless if I throw in silly jokes, laugh at myself, throw in laugh tracks and stuff on my podcast. At the end of the day, professionalism is what has kept me, what has allowed me to make it. You know, uh, we're talking about can I really make it? And First, I was going to do this first podcast as an introduction, but no, I'm going to dive right in. We're going to get to it because I want to honestly get your attention. I want to get your subscription. I want you to follow and follow along, especially, well, this is for all creatives. You know, like I said in the intro, all creatives, but my field of expertise is photography, photo editing, and starting to become videography and uh, video editing and stuff like that. But I am one of those jacks of all trades. I'll try anything and study it until I can't see straight anymore and try to master it as best I can. And with that being said, that's why this podcast is geared towards all creatives, not just my particular field, but it's for all freelancers, whatever your field of expertise is. And again, going back to what I was trying to say is I'm all about professionalism, you know, going from a YouTube channel to now a podcast, my YouTube channel started off silly. And then I had to check myself and make sure that it's professional because I am a brand. I am representing myself at all times and I want to represent myself in the best light at all times. Yeah, you can fake it till you make it, but that only go so far. You can only take that uh, ideology so far because at some point you're going to be put in a position where you have to show and prove. And I, well, you know what they say, luck favors the prepared. I like to be prepared at all costs because 
when you're starting a business, when you're trying to venture out on your own, when you have an idea, of course, the idea is going to blow up. It's going to boom. You're going to be an ultimate success, right? Nobody has an idea that they're going to fail. Nobody wants to fail. So you always come into the game with whatever your business idea is. It's a winning idea. But me, over the years, I've taken lessons from, you know, whatever losses I've taken. I don't call them failures because I'm still here. You know, I still made it. I can really make it. You can really make it. Yes, we can. And um, I'm here. So there are lessons, not failures. But what I've taken from those lessons is you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. Um, I'll start by saying, talking about photography, for example, this is what I'm talking about. Faking it till you making it fake it till you make it and being prepared. I'm not going to say any names because I don't want people gunning for me, coming after me or uh, thinking I'm trying to make a life off their stories. I mean, even though I am in this particular case, but it's not going to be that always. Sometimes I'll be talking about myself. A lot of times I'll be talking about myself more often than not. But I do will I will reference um, things I've come across in my career. And one thing is, as far as faking it till you make it, I knew this uh, photographer, photographer friend of mine. And this guy, he was a decent photographer, but in his mind, in his world, he thought he was a much better photographer than everybody across the board. And the reason for that was not because he was just a good shooter. It was because he had the money to buy the best gear available. You know, I'm a Nikon shooter. I like using Nikon products. Uh, well, for my YouTube channel, I use a, a Canon camera, but otherwise, when it comes to DSLRs, taking professional f uh, photos, portraits and whatnot, I've been a Nikon shooter for, I'd say for 12 out of my 15 years in photography. So anyway, uh, this uh, friend of mine that I'm referencing, referencing, he, uh, he had a great job on the side of his photography career and he made a ton of money and he bought, he could and did buy the best gear Nikon had to offer. And I was not really jealous, but just a little, just like, man, I wish I could buy that stuff, but not so much to the point where I hated on him or hated his work or didn't talk to him or didn't associate with him. Just deep inside, I, I, I won't even call it full envy or maybe gear envy. You know, it was just the equipment. You know, he's a cool dude, um, but he had the gear and he had the best that Nikon had to offer. I mean, I drool over his cameras and his lenses, wishing I could have those to shoot with. Not that it would make me a better shooter, but it would help enhance the work that I was creating because I had already exceeded the level of your entry level and intermediate cameras. I've been a pro shooter for years, so I want to use the best gear available to me, but I can only afford the best gear that my finances would allow. My bank account would allow. And that's perfectly fine. I made like, I've made a good career out of it. But anyway, going back to my friend, he, uh, he would buy the best gear, use the best gear and his photos wouldn't look any different than when he took photos with the gear that I had and he started to question himself like, man, you know, I got the best camera, this, and I got the best lens that how come my pictures don't look that much better. And I had to explain to him, it's not the gear. It's the shooter with the gear. You know, the gear does help, but you have to know how to use the gear in the first place in order for the gear to do its part. So what he would do is when his photos didn't measure up, fake it till you make it. 
he would start taking other people's photos and putting them in his portfolio and sharing them online as if it was his work in order to land clients. Now, number one, that's just unethical, period. Number two, that's just theft. Number three, that's beyond fake it till you make it. That's like, what are you doing? What are you thinking, man? And the reason why I say, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Is not just, not just because it's theft and unethical, but what if just say, you take this portrait and it is a sweet portrait and you put it up online and you post it and somebody sees it and it's a, and they say, I want a portrait just like that. If you didn't create that portrait and you can't recreate that portrait, you've just destroyed your business. Why? Because somebody's coming to you willing to pay you for that and you can't create it anymore. It's not a one and done thing. When we shoot portraits as photographers, we should all be able to recreate anything that we've created and put in our portfolios. If not, why would you put it in your portfolio to attract clients? You know, you want to put stuff in your portfolio to attract clients so that you can reproduce said image. And he was not good enough a photographer to recreate the images that he was stealing. And sometime I would comment on his photos like, man, I can't believe you did that. And he'd laugh, you know, LOL. Yeah, you know me, you know how I do. And I'm like, wow, you know, I can't wait to get to your level. Come to find out it wasn't his level. I would end up stumbling across the same photo. And I wasn't, I promise, I was not intentionally seeking out the photo to make sure it was his. I had no intention of doing that. But one day going through social media, looking at photographers, uh, photos and whatnot, I see that same photo and I'm like, wow, why aren't they crediting him for his photo? And I was about to email him and tell him that somebody's still in his work only to find out that he has stolen somebody else's work. I'm like, oh man, I mean, whatever respect I had for the cat was just gone instantly. I lost all respect for the dude. And that's just me as a fellow photographer looking uh, from the outside in. Imagine the the clientele that you would lose, the the respect you would lose from potential clients when they find out that you're stealing photos, claiming them as claiming them as your own and you can't reproduce them and word of mouth will tear you down as much as it will build you up and make you great. It will also tear you down. And my track record as a professional, I mean, just as a person, you know, I'm gonna give myself some credit for that. You know, let me give myself <laughs> give myself a round of applause for that you know as a person i think my track record is pretty good i try to be a good person just in general that's just the way i was built and that's not me feeling myself it's just the way i was built you know but um as a professional my track record is spotless because all it takes is that one tear down to completely destroy you after everything that you've done to build your success, you know, building your success is relatively easy for the most part. Keeping your success is extremely difficult and maintaining your image and trying to rebuild an image after it's been tarnished is nearly impossible. Um, I'll give you an example. I knew a lady. I, I've done all types of photography from landscape, uh, seascape, nightscape, um, architecture, parties. I hate parties and events. Ah, man, I'll talk about that later. I hate doing parties. Some of you may like it. Hey, that's your cup of tea. It's not mine. I hate doing parties and events, weddings and such. Such That's not my thing. But I've done all kinds of photography, portraits, 
um, nude photography, made calendars for ladies, you know, to present to their men and whatnot. And um, product photography, that's where I've landed. Now, I still do some portrait work, but I've landed on product photography. I do product photography for Amazon, eBay, Walmart, other retailers, Groupon, all types of online retailers. I do product photography now. Um, I like it. I like it. It's a little boring, but I like it. But anyway, um, this one story I, I, I think about as far as like your reputation goes, I knew a lady she was a makeup artist slash model, and we hadn't had a chance to work together as photographer and model, but she would work with me as my makeup artist on photo shoots. And one time she told me um, that she really liked how I conducted business, how I conducted myself. I thanked her, but I wondered what she was talking about. And she said it was another photographer who, well, I I don't display my nude photography on my website or boudoir photography. I don't display that. A lot of times it's private and the clients don't want that to be shared with the general public. So I keep it private. I respect their wishes and I keep it private as such. I mean, it's stated in the contract. I follow the contract to the letter. And if they don't want it shared and shown, it is never shared and never shown, not by me. Um, so I don't have that issue, but she had gone to another photographer who said he specialized in doing nude um, what is it? Implied nude and tasteless or tasteful. I'm sorry, tasteful nude photography. And she went to the uh, guy to do the shoot. But what happened is all the time during the shoot, he's constantly flirting with her. I mean, that that is extremely unprofessional. That makes her feel extremely uncomfortable. And that creates a situation where um, some ladies might be put in a situation where they want to go do a boudoir or nude photo shoot for their man or for themselves, whatever the reason may be. And now they have to bring a bodyguard with them or their older brother or their father or somebody like that. And that's uncomfortable for you as a photographer, having somebody looking over your shoulder, making sure you're not doing something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. But anyway, she told me about this guy and she couldn't enjoy herself modeling because Every type of pose she would make, when I photograph women, you know, if they're making a good pose, I say, oh, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Oh, that's great. That's this. If they want to do something seductive, I say, look at me as if I was your boyfriend. You know, think about that. Look at the camera like you're looking at your boyfriend. Don't look at me, the photographer. Look at me as your boyfriend and be seductive like that. And then as we shoot, I'll say, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Hold that pose. Let me do that again. But I keep it as as textbook, as possible as vanilla as possible as plain as possible and i never ever ever flirt with any of my clients it's i mean you could check my record from the day i was born till now i never ever flirt with my clients that is extremely unprofessional but during her shoot with the guy he was constantly telling her how beautiful and sexy she was and oh you look good i wish you were my woman i would i would love to go out on a date with you and when she finally got out of there because she felt uh, totally intimidated felt uh, nervous for her you know for herself she finally got out of there and she started to blast this dude all over facebook um this was before instagram had taken off or even was was around uh, as far as i i think yeah this is a uh, it happened a while back this was before instagram and whatnot and twitter and all that stuff but she went to facebook and she started tearing this dude down i mean she drugged this dude through the mud deservedly so he deserved to be drugged through the mud but she drugged this dude all through the mud talking about how unprofessional he was and how he conducted himself during her photo shoot. And 
she basically ended his career because he I mean, how can you bounce back from that? You know what I mean? How can you bounce back from something so unprofessional, so dirty, so heinous? That is just terrible. I mean, terrible way to conduct business. So you have to be absolutely 100 percent professional in how you conduct your business, because put yourself in that customer's shoes. If you were doing something with some freelancers business or even a, a, an established chain business and they treated you poorly, treated you disrespectfully, would you go back to patronize that business again? Most likely, absolutely not. So the same goes for us. And again, it goes to fake it till you make it. You know, you can't fake to be a professional and then conduct yourself like some street cat. You know, you, you can't do that stuff. You know, so you have to maintain professionalism. If if this being my intro podcast, my first lesson, so to speak, to give to you guys, number one is absolutely by all costs, all means be professional. So I'll end this with one more story. Another photographer I come across, young lady. Um, she had a good eye for photography, you know, like most of us, at least like me for sure. When I first got my when I got my first quote unquote professional camera, I swore I was the best photographer on the planet. You couldn't tell me nothing. I could shoot everything and anything and make it look better than real life because I was me. And you couldn't convince me otherwise. Well, you know, I started sharing my stuff online and somebody convinced me otherwise <laughs> in a real hard way. <laughs> and although they didn't have to be so uh, callous with how they delivered the lesson to me, the, le the lesson came across. I got the message and I took that lesson, went back to the drawing board, started studying and learning my craft. Anyway, I am a 100% professional photographer. I mean, even for those who care, yes, I pay my taxes. I conduct myself as professional. All my con all my business, all my photo shoots have a contract. You know, I, I follow the rule to the letter when when um, conducting my business. Anyway, a young lady, friend of mine, photographer, she got herself a professional camera or semi-pro camera and started shooting started taking portraits of her family and friends. And there's nothing wrong with that. You got to get practice somewhere, right? You got to start somewhere. So she would start with her family and friends and her photos were decent. I mean, they weren't the best, but they weren't by far. They were not the worst, but she started marketing herself all on Facebook. And this, this again was before Twitter and Instagram had taken off. She would market herself on Facebook that she is now a professional photographer. I mean, I'm talking two months in, and she's a professional. And it's like, okay, you know, I didn't say anything because like I said, I was the same person when I got my first camera. I was a pro. You couldn't tell me otherwise. And if you did, I'd take your picture and show you that your picture looked better than you did in real life. That's how much I was feeling myself, right? But um she, after two months or so, started not uh marketing herself as a professional. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna stand in your way, I'm not gonna tear you down. I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't ask me for. And um, I'm going to let you conduct business as you see fit. And I truly, genuinely wish you um, success in your venture. You know, just because it took me a lot of years to get off the ground doesn't mean the same would happen for her or has to happen for her. She might find that way in and get there and succeed and take off and never come down. And that's what I hope for everybody. But she would 
call herself professional, market herself as professional. And then one day she got called to a photo shoot, a big photo shoot, one of her biggest photo shoots. And I'm like, okay, congratulations. She sends me a message and says, Hey, I got this big photo shoot. Um, but I need some help. And I'm not a second shooter. I'm nobody's second shooter. I mean, like I said, I don't like to do events as it is. I'm definitely not going to do an event and be a second shooter. I'm just not that guy. But she was doing, I think it was a wedding or something she was doing. It was some type of event. It was something big. So she sends me a message, says she needs my help. And I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to help? And she says, can I borrow your studio lights? And I'm like, hmm? you know, with the Scooby-Doo, like, what? Like, wait a minute, you're a professional. Why would you need to borrow my lights? I'm thinking only, only reason I could think of that you would need to borrow my lights is if you had a catastrophic failure with your equipment and your lights don't work and you cannot get to a photo store soon enough to rent some equipment to take on this photo shoot. Or maybe you're like one light short of a set that I mean from your equipment you're you're just one light short. No, she wanted to borrow my whole entire studio setup. So before I get to why I said no, being that she's only a couple of months in and she's not hardcore studying it, you know, she does this on the side but swears she's a professional. She don't even know how to work my equipment. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely not loaning out my equipment to somebody who doesn't even know how to work it. You know, that's number one. Well, matter of fact, that's number one, a number one, right off the top, right off the bat. I don't loan my equipment to anybody for any reason. And this is why, and this is what I told her. Well, first I said, well, in my mind, as I was typing my response, I'm thinking to myself, I thought you were a pro, but you know, I hit the backspace a couple of times because it's like, you know, no need to be uh, smug with her. You know, I'm, you know, I'll keep that to myself. So I, I said, well, I don't loan my equipment because just say all my equipment is in tip top shape. Everything's working perfectly. I loan it to you. And for whatever reason under the sun, something goes wrong and you bring my equipment back to me and it's not working in the or in the same condition that I gave it to you in. Now you're responsible for replacing my equipment, which you cannot afford to purchase in the first place, because if you did, you would have your own equipment and you wouldn't need to borrow mine. And when I said that, you know, she was like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. I'm like, but you call yourself a professional. So me as a fellow professional, I can recognize when somebody is or isn't a professional. Sometimes I can, depending on how they conduct themselves, how they talk and all that. But how do you think your clients would feel if you represented yourself as a professional and you show up and everything about you is amateur from top to bottom, fake it till you make it doesn't work. Not like that. You just destroyed yourself by calling yourself a professional and not showing up in a professional manner. You can't do that. You know, my first photo shoot, my first photo shoot was a disaster. Oh, man, it still haunts me to this day. And that was 15 years ago, or I'd say maybe 13 years ago, because my first couple of years or a year and a half, I, I was practicing trying to learn the craft. But maybe 13, 14 years ago, something like that. My first photo shoot was a epic failure. Oh, man, I did a party. You know, like I said, I hate doing parties, but this was before I realized I hate doing parties. It was just a gig. I got my gig and I was excited to have a gig. <laughs> so I did it. And, oh, man, I bought the I had the worst equipment. 
My equipment was failing. I didn't even know how to use my equipment the right way. Uh, all my pictures were coming out dark because I had cheap batteries in my uh, my speed light flash and the cheap batteries wouldn't recycle fast enough. So everybody's posing, waiting to take a picture. And my flash is still trying to, the capacitors in my flash are still trying to charge up before I take the next shot. They're getting mad because my shot's not ready. And they're like, I thought you were a professional. And I'm sitting there with a cold sweat. Everybody else is cold. I'm sitting there hot as all get out. You know, oh, it was terrible, man. Oh, epic failure. But that right there was the hard lesson. As soon as I went home, I was kicking myself in the butt all the way home. When I got home the next day for a whole week, I was tearing myself down. But it was a lesson. It made me go back to the drawing board, made me study, made me buy better equipment, get the right equipment to work. And thankfully, as much as that family tore me down and 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 got in my case for claiming to be a professional and not being a professional they actually rehired me like three or four more times of course the the second third and fourth time i i represented myself presented myself a whole lot better i actually had professional gear and took my job way more seriously than i thought i did the first time and i, I made up for all my mistakes they were a gracious family they were they were too kind uh, and i'll never forget them I mean, I won't shoot for them anymore just because I don't like doing events. But if I came across them in the street again, I mean, I would gladly sit down and uh, have have a meal with them and just talk about life. You know, they were just the sweetest people. And I'll never forget that. You know, I mean, that their harsh lesson, but still with encouragement, you know, by rehiring me. Uh, made me get on my horse, you know, made me uh, take care of my business. All this fake it till you make it. You know, we all want that 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 title that accolade you know the callers i'm a professional i'm a professional photographer professional videographer professional clothing designer professional uh songwriter so on and so forth but if you're not don't rush we got time you've got time to make professional status you know you don't want to just wake up and you're on top of the mountain and that's it you know, you have nothing else to climb for. You have no no goal to reach if you're if you're that professional. And every professional that I know, I'm talking seasoned professional that makes tons and tons and tons of money. They still study every day, still try to learn the craft, still try to perfect the craft, perfect their their methods, their techniques, be better themselves. They didn't just say I'm a pro and I'm, the buck stops here and it gets no better because I'm a pro now. You know, you, you have to, it's a practice, you know, they say, I mean, yeah, we're not doctors and all that stuff, but they say doctors, what they do is called a practice, right? Because they're practicing new techniques, techniques all the time. Well, so are we, you know, we practice our craft all the time and professional or not, you, you, you have to be that you cannot, you, uh, I can't, I can't stress to you guys enough how much you cannot fake being a professional because it will come back to haunt you. You know, this podcast is called Can I Really Make It? You absolutely can, but you, there are certain rules you have to follow. And trust me, it'll go a long way. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a professional. There's nothing wrong with being uptight about your business and making sure your business is represented well. That word of mouth is good. You know, you get 10 positive, I mean, out of 10 reviews, you can have um, eight of them that are positive and you get two that are negative. Those two negative reviews will outweigh those eight positive trust me they will 
I promise you, every lady that I've uh, taken nude photos of, they've all researched me. Like be, f- before they even reached out to me to see what my prices were and my availability was before that, they did research on me to find out what kind of professional, what kind of professional I was, how I conducted myself. And it was all aces. You know, that's why they came to me, because when they first when when a lady first reaches out to me to do nude photography, I tell them, you know, you can absolutely trust me. And I encourage them to research me first before you continue your inquiry. And. Every single one has stopped me and said, oh, don't worry. I already researched you. That's why I'm coming to you now. You know, and that puts a smile on my face. You know, let me let me give myself some applause for that. You know, <laughs> I, I've uh, I've I've, uh, I've earned my stripes. I've earned my badges of honor, you know, and it, it will be that way till the day I die. You know, I mean, that's just how you run business. That's how you conduct business. So anyway, to, to just close out, like I say, fake it till you make it. It just doesn't cut it in this business because it can come back to haunt you. We are professional. We're going to be professional. If you're an amateur and you want to be become you want to become professional, I'm going to help you through that. I'm going to walk you through that. Um, today is January 1st. No, I'm sorry. Today is January 5th, 2021, Tuesday, noon. I will be releasing my podcast every two weeks. And I will try to limit them to 30 minutes, anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes with good information about what we can do to make it as creative freelancers in this ever-changing, rapidly changing, technology-led world. Can we still make it? Can we really make it? Can I really make it? Yes, you can. And I'm going to help you do that. So I'll see you guys in two weeks in the next episode at noon matter of fact just to be certain let me check my calendar here and be sure what the date is let's see january 5th yeah january 19th at noon i think i'm gonna do this every two weeks so january 19th at noon when you're on your lunch break you need something to listen to other than some music or watch youtube videos you can listen to the sound of my voice (laughs) and i will talk to you guys then have a good one